3: My name is Chris Blank. We got a full show for you today. Coming up a little bit later on, this past week would have been the conclusion of the Women's College World Series, so we'll celebrate Sooner Softball and talk about what might have been as Paige Parker joins the podcast a little bit later on. We'll also be joined in that conversation by Holly Rowe. And coming up here in Mere Moments... We'll have our first podcast conversation with new Oklahoma President Joseph Harris as the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, sits down with the new prez. The Sooner Sports Podcast on a Friday is presented in part by AT&T. AT&T is America's best network. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. Hey, it's time to add some boneless wings to your Wingstop order, available in any of their 11 mouth-watering flavors. So go ahead and crush those spicy, saucy, sweet, and sassy cravings. Go to Wingstop.com now and get delivery to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. And Homeland. Don't feel like getting out to buy groceries? Let Homeland deliver to your door. Visit HomelandStores.com for more details. Well, there's been a lot going on in the Sooner Nation. And one of the best things that we've been able to talk about is the new president of the University of Oklahoma, Joseph Harris. Earlier this week, The Voice, Toby Rowland, sat down with the new press. Mr.
1: President, first off, let me just start by saying uh, congratulations to and I would have to imagine this, you know, first month would be a surreal time under any circumstances, but especially now, what a surreal time to take over as a university president.
4: Well, thanks, Toby. Thanks for having me on. And and uh, you know, honestly, I think it's a surreal time for everyone. I don't think uh, I think all of us, you know, uh, very few among us would have predicted a pandemic and all of the consequences that uh, flows from that. So. Uh, you know, I think we're, all, we're certainly all in this together, and uh, it's, uh, it's an unusual time for all of us.
1: I want to ask you about uh, your athletic department and football and all that stuff, but I think I'd be remiss if we didn't briefly talk about the uh, news of the last week. And Several of your coaches and, and athletes have eloquently come out with uh, statements about the goings-on of the last week. What is, what is your response, and what do you want your university's response to be to what is going on right now?
4: Yeah, Toby, thank you. There, there's no more serious topic than this. I, uh, While I've only been uh, president with no interim title for uh, for a few weeks, I've been in this role uh, as president on an interim basis for over a year. When I came in, um, I said the most important thing we had to deal with was uh, diversity, uh, specifically race. Um, and we had to deal with it honestly and directly. And if we didn't get that right, nothing else mattered. Uh, you know, here a year later, um, uh, you know, the the first official tweet that I sent out was a couple of days ago. Um, and it was my statement on uh, on on this very issue of racialized violence. And, you know, uh, you just look at just the recent history with the Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Breonna Taylor, Christian Cooper, and of course, George George Floyd, uh, this confirms the uh, the, the worst fears of our black community. And, you know, our response to them is, look, you are loved and valued by the OU family. We stand with you. You know, we hurt with you and want to be as supportive as we can. Uh, it's essential uh, that we're honest about where things are today, uh, that this is nothing new. And in, in my in my statement, I, I talk about uh, the Tulsa race riot almost 100 years ago. And uh, we've got to address this honestly. And and uh, no forum is more. Uh, you know, clear uh, than uh, than in a university setting, that we have to be the ones that make the change. Let's
1: talk uh, athletics, and you are a, a proud product of PC North High School, the, the home That's of right. Sam Bradford. That's right. What was your athletic right. prowess
4: back in the day? Well, as a proud PC North Panther, I'd say basically Sam Bradford and I were the same athletes. <laughs> um, yeah. no, I, I, uh, um, I can tell you, so, so I actually do a lot of recruiting of students. I also do recruiting of student athletes. And, uh, lately I've been doing about three, uh, two or three, um, of our, uh, uh, virtual visits with the uh, football recruits. And I always tell the student at the football student athletes, I've got a lot in common with them, except that my football career um ended uh too early it ended in seventh grade when i got cut uh by (laughs) coach pinkerton at hefner junior high um the uh i I am a huge football fan uh but it was uh uh, cut short only because of my lack of speed and uh, physical size and abilities
1: i uh back in my basketball days worked the playground or worked the uh, PE lot at Huffner junior high. So I'm very familiar with uh, your old <laughs> stomping grounds over there. That's great. You know, um, no, I, I think absolutely. After when, when when Bob Stoops was the head coach and he talked all the time about the importance of his relationship with, with Joe and with the university president at the time. So I think people would be curious of knowing, well, what is your relationship with Joe Castiglione and with uh, Lincoln Riley?
4: Yeah, great question. I, uh, so I was actually an executive officer at OU uh at the time that Joe Castiglione was hired and uh we've worked together uh for as long as he has been at OU 22 23 years and not only have we worked together but I spent 12 years as general counsel I was lead uh the lead lawyer on two the two major infractions cases NCAA infractions cases we had both the Big Red Sports and Imports case and and uh the um uh the uh, ba- the basketball case uh so I've been with with Joe during uh, tough times and also really good times. Uh, he and I couldn't have a better relationship. Uh, we are uh, we have worked there now for a long time. Lincoln since he arrived, uh, we've been uh, we've been good friends. Uh, but uh, certainly in this role over the past year, uh, he and I work uh, I think really well together. Uh, I think he I think we have the best AD and the best. Uh, head football coach um, in the country. And that's not hyperbole. I think those are just, t- to my way of thinking, statements of fact. So, uh, and, and we've worked really well together, uh, uh, especially during the pandemic as we've looked at uh, the questions of when do our football players come back? When do, um, you know, when and how do we open up for fans in the stadium? Lots of open questions. Uh, but what I love about it is is the three of us uh, are working in concert and in constant communication.
1: What has that conversation and decision-making process been like? You know, fans are, are uh, chomping at the bit for anything right now to give them encouragement that college football is going to be back this fall. But the decision-making process for you, for Joe, for Lincoln, for the doctors, everybody involved, what's that process been like?
4: Yeah, it's it's um, it, it's been intense uh, in – in in both senses, it, we we work on it every day. Uh, they certainly work on it uh, uh, by the minute and by the hour. Uh, it, it starts off with with as you would imagine and expect, uh, making sure we first think about the the health and welfare of our student athletes and of our staff. And as we head towards the season uh, of the fans that come into the stadium, and so. And, and, and so it's changed so much. Uh, I'm certainly much more optimistic uh, today than I was even two weeks ago about what this season looks like. I, I honestly, you know, right after spring break, I, I thought we had to seriously consider uh, the idea of moving it potentially to the spring. Uh, as this thing has developed since spring break, uh, we've gained more knowledge. Uh, we've certainly uh, – I've become optimistic, been working with the Big 12, uh, CEOs group, which are the presidents and chancellors from the Big 12 universities, and it looks like we're uh, going to have this season. Uh, obviously, it'll be a bit different. We don't know the exact contours of it, but uh, our plan is to have the season, uh, and it will obviously be modified. Uh, we don't know uh, exactly what it will look like in a lot of respects because as much as, as we've learned the last uh, six to seven weeks since spring break, Uh, We have nine weeks until we have uh, kickoff, um, and uh, we know how much we can learn
1: over the next several weeks. What, in your mind, are the most important factors over the next, I think it's 95 days until the scheduled season opener at that time, that need to happen, be they medical or otherwise, in order for you to give it the thumbs up, like we're playing football?
4: Yeah, it, we we have to make sure we have protocols in place that make it safe for uh, the student athletes. Uh, that's just step one. Uh, you know, we, we are uh, different than professional sports, and we have an obligation to our to our student athletes. It's special, uh, so it's making sure that we can be it can be safe for them. And then as we open up the stadium, it's it's can you create a, you know a safe environment for our fans. We have uh, we have that's been our primary discussion point uh, and primary area of concern. As you know, everywhere from you know Scott Anderson, our head trainer, to Schnabel, to the OU physicians team uh, that's been consulting and providing input to certainly the Health Science Center where I am right now, uh, and uh, our our public health experts, um, epidemiologists, and the like. Uh, it really is, and then it it's drawing upon other expertise from across the country to make sure we're making the most informed decision uh, about how we approach it. And like I said, I'm actually much more optimistic about this than I was just even a couple weeks ago.
1: You've also, uh, you know, put the plan out there that there will be students on campus um, this fall. Are are you more optimistic that that is also on track to take place?
4: Yeah, I absolutely am, Toby uh the uh we we work literally every day on these you know how we open how we do it how do we ensure um uh the safest environment uh you've probably seen how we are you know we're going to be in person we're going to have some modifications to it but i i get i've certainly gotten more confident over the last several weeks about how we're going to do it and um, it's interesting I, i i was one of the ones that came out early talking about us going in person the minute I announced that, the very next question I had was, are we playing football? Um, so <laughs> the, the Sooner Nation has its priorities clearly in place. It was, are we going to open and have uh, have the uh, the academic experience in person for our students? And within minutes, it was good to hear. The answer is yes. Now we can go on to the next order of business, uh, whether it be football. So uh, both of those, much more optimistic and and positive about, about the direction those are going.
1: I want to circle back to uh, your youth perhaps it's from your youth, perhaps it's more recent, but you grew up in in this state, with the high school in this state. You have some favorite OU memories, some favorite Sooner memories that that you harken back to?
4: Yeah, I, without a doubt. I, I'm truly Sooner born and Sooner bred. My, my father is the youngest of nine immigrant family and the first to go to college, and he went to OU undergrad and OU medical school. And uh, so I'm truly sooner born um, and sooner bred, and I, you know, two of my favorite memories. Uh, it is the first time that I can recall being in the football stadium watching an OU game, coming out of the the tunnel, not the tunnel where the players come out of, but the uh, the area where you walk up to your seats, and I can recall um, walking up that incline and looking into the stadium for the first time and just being blown away um by the majesty of what was taking place in that stadium. And it's a it's a it's a sensory overload, the likes of which uh are very few in my lifetime. And then I also recall if I had to pick a second one, um, it is pretending I was a little guy and so uh Joe Washington was uh was uh, uh, my football hero, and I can recall having a Nerf football that had number 24 and little Joe Washington's name on there. <laughs> and I remember uh, I just saw the other day a picture of me when I was really young wearing uh, number 24, uh, Joe Washington's number on my jersey, and, and uh, feeling like even though I was small, uh, if Joe Washington could do it, uh, so could I. Uh, <laughs> and while that didn't prove to be true, it's still a great memory. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so so for me, It is – those are two memories. And, of course, I guess if I had that a third, it was the first time I got to take one of my kids to a game and hold them up during a blistering hot August um, and being in the stands holding up my own kid so they could see over the people in front of them and looking out on the field and and remembering what that was like for me and uh, having that experience for my
1: kids. So I'd I'd have to go with three. That's great. Did you get the silver shoes? Did Did you spray paint some shoes silver like little Joe back in the day?
4: Oh yeah, no. It was the whole. It was the whole thing. It was the jersey, uh, <laughs> silver shoes. I think there was even maybe a little Elvis uh, peacock uh, flare that was added to it. Nice. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely thought he was. Uh, I thought he was the answer.
1: Well, last question. We'll let you go, Mr. President. Thank you so much for your oh, time. Um, oh. As it relates to the athletic department, and I know you much more to your job than that. But as it relates to the athletic department, what do you hope your legacy will be? And you got to. Who knows how many years in front of you in this position, hopefully decades. But what do you want your legacy to be as it relates to OU athletics?
4: Yeah. You know, I, I hope the legacy is that, um, is that I'm not a guy who is looking for a legacy. Uh, that I was um, – you know, we, we've been around for 130 years. And I hope – you know, I totally expect us to be around for 130 more years. What I want to be is, is – um, is someone who serves the university, all parts of the university, including athletics. Uh, I recognize the value of athletics. I recognize how it enhances the experience for our students and our fans, and obviously for our student athletes. Um, and I hope that when uh, you know when and if someone's talking about me and the time that I spent in this role, um I hope that the statement is is that uh, I recognized uh, the importance of athletics within the university, um, and that I was worthy of uh, of the role. Uh, and hopefully um, added to the legacy uh, that came before us, and helped uh, stand on their shoulders to help the next group that comes in here uh, to advance uh, our university's interest, including uh, our athletic department. So um, I hope it's it's to me the highest the highest level of uh, of of service uh, is servant leadership, and I hope that's how I'm known. Mr.
1: President, uh, congratulations once again. Thank you so much for a few minutes of your time. Best of luck, and I know the difficult decisions ahead uh, the rest of this summer. We really appreciate it.
4: No, Toby, I appreciate you. And uh, you, you are a huge part of what makes uh, up the heartbeat of this university. Uh, it is great programs like athletics, and it's also uh, great personalities and people that love the institution. Um, and uh, it's, it's, I don't get to tell you enough, but I appreciate what you do for all of us um, uh, because you're a huge part of what makes us special. So appreciate your time and know I'm always available to you.
1: Thank you, sir. That means a lot. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Take care. You
3: too, Wide-ranging topics, incredible perspective, and it gets you excited for the prospects of the return of college football. Before we get to Paige Parker, I want to remind you that the Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Norman Regional. Norman Regional offers virtual care, so you can consult with a doc on your smartphone. Learn more at normanvirtualcare.com or download the app today. OGE is power at the speed of life. And Slim Chickens, there's a lot of reasons to order online and pick up at Slim Chickens. Get started at slimchickens.com or download our app. Don't forget, you can still renew your 2020 OU football season tickets. Log into your account at Soonersports.com to view all of your renewal information or call or text the ticket office at 405-325-2424. One more great guest slated to join us. This would have been a week of, hopefully, celebration of the fifth national championship for the Sooner softball team, but COVID-19 had other plans. So let's talk with one of the greatest pitchers in Sooner softball history to look at years gone by, what's going on now, and what's ahead for Sooner softball and for Paige Parker on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Joining us right now is Paige Parker, national champion, two-time national champion, Paige. How is... Quarantine treating you, you doing okay? Spending time with the family in KC? Yeah,
2: um, going really well. Um, you know, obviously wish wish that I was um, on the field at OU with, you know, being on staff this year. You know, it stinks that our um, season got cut short, but enjo- enjoying some family time and really getting to spend a lot of time with my parents, so that's been great.
3: Now, Holly has to bail. I am um-
5: – I, I am in the middle of this great um competition for our seven innings podcast. We're getting ready to tape in just a second. And I am in charge of debating the best left-handed pitcher in college sports history. So here's your here's your stat line. Two-time national champion, 2016, women's college world series most outstanding player. You had a career record. This is crazy plank. Listen to this career record: 123 and 18. Your ERA was 1.41 in 174 appearances, Big 12 Pitcher of the Year award four straight years, two-time NFC A first team all-American. Your 123 wins tied for third most in Big 12 history. So give me an argument on who should be the best left-handed pitcher in college softball history.
2: Um, you know, that's a that is a tough one. I can you go. you got to go with, you know, there are some, oh man, this is a tough question. To She's
3: a very, she will not brag on herself is one problem. You're you too modest. Yes.
5: Yeah, not, but I'm it's not. like you Kalani Ricketts, um, Michelle Granger, Kat Osterman, Monica Abbott, Paige Parker, Michelle Smith. Those are my candidates.
2: Man, that's so tough. I, I think I got to go with my fellow Sooner in Kalani. I really do. She was, you know, she was a two-way, awesome two-way player. And, you know, I got to go with Kaylani on that one.
3: I I will say this, though, too, Holly. The thing that's great about Paige is not only is she selfless, but Paige, you're a fan of the sport from, like, day one. This isn't something to where you are ever forced. It's like dad said, hey, go work in the backyard and you're pitching. You've always been a fan of the game. Take us through kind of how that birthed and what the genesis of that was.
2: Yeah, you know, I I started playing – when I was like in second and third grade and um, I, my dad was a high school baseball coach. So I kind of grew up around baseball a little bit. And then whenever I started playing softball, that was it for me. Um, I just, I love the game and I've always been a fan of the game. Like I remember watching all of those guys play, you know, I watched cat cat was my idol growing up. That's why I was number eight. Um, you know, watching Monica, watching Kehlani, I, you know, am just a huge fan of softball. And, um, you know, once I started playing, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I devoted so much time and effort into it, but it was never something that was forced for me. It's just something that I always love to do. And, um, you know, I still love to be around the sport. You know, that's why I got into coaching and just really, um, I just love it so much
5: we were talking about all the great left-handed pitchers from Oklahoma and we were on with Patty Gasso recently where we're asking her what, why the lefties, why do you love lefties? She just loves that matchup. So tell us what, what you think makes a left-handed pitcher so successful and what was your best pitch? What could you really rely on?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, what, what really makes left-handed pitchers successful is obviously there's not as many of them. And so it's a tough matchup for hitters just because it's a different look. and I think. Left handed pitchers a lot of time do a really good job of getting true spin on the ball, which is not an easy thing to do. You know, when you think about Kat, her incredible drop ball and curve ball, you think about Monica and her rise ball and her curve ball. And for me, it was kind of a combination of those. You know, I really relied a lot on my curve, my rise, and my change up. I think I have to say my favorite was my rise ball, but you know, you just think about left-handed pitchers and just being really crafty. And I think that's really something that's special about left-handed left pitchers is how crafty they are and just how they can rely on on their spin and rely on just a different look that hitters aren't necessarily used to.
3: So the, the reason we're getting a chance to talk to Paige is because obviously this would be – Uh, Super regionals wrapped up. We're heading to the Women's College World Series. You had an opportunity to go to the Women's College World Series three of your four years. Can you even begin to describe what this week is like when you know you're headed to Oklahoma City, you're taking exit 132A, you're going to play for national championship. What's this week like as a player?
2: Uh, This week is like the most special week of your life. I, you know, remember... You know, it's sometimes it's hard to remember a lot of the details of each and every game that you play in the World Series, just because your adrenaline and your emotions. But I remember a lot of the special moments, like the banquet prior to the Women's College World Series is a really cool event that I think a lot of us really cherish because you get some time with all the teams that have made it and you get that time with your team. And then, you know, just times that you get, you know, before the games in the hotel and it's just a really special time that you get to cherish with your teammates. And then when you get to step on to the field of at Oklahoma city and get to play in front of more fans than you've ever gotten to play in front of before, it's like really, really special. And, you know, there are moments that you'll never forget. And I know that there are a lot of special moments for me.
5: We've, we've gotten to share a lot of those special moments Paige. because I would get to be the person with you down on the field. And after a big moment, and a big win, I would get to talk to you. And I just, I just think back to how many different – you had to play a couple of different roles for this team to win national championships. You know, Some years you did it all by yourself, and, and you had to be the ace. Um, the next year you and Paige Lowry went back and forth, and you had to be in a support role that you hadn't always been in. How were you able to adapt and be your best version of yourself, whatever that took for the team to win back-to-back national championships?
2: You know, I think it was fairly easy for me to adapt into those different roles because, you know, I had accepted those roles throughout the whole entire year. So when it came to the World Series, it was pretty easy to just keep going with the roles that, you know, we had worked on all year. And then I think another thing is just You know, my competitive nature, I think, helped me adapt to those roles pretty easily just because I was willing to do whatever it took to win um, because I am extremely competitive. And so it was, you know, just the willingness to, you know, take on whatever role the team needed me to because I I wanted to win more than anything.
5: What's What's a favorite memory? What's a moment that you're like, I will never forget this on the field at Oklahoma City?
2: Um. I think winning the 2016 national championship uh, you know, we, I had pitched every inning of that um, postseason up until game two against Auburn and then getting to come back in game three and being able to win. And I think, just that team that we had that year was really, really special. I mean, every year you have a special team, but that team is really near and dear to my heart. You know, we had, we were really young and we had two really great senior leaders with Aaron Miller and Katie Self. And so that team was just really special. So I think I remember the, you know, winning the 2016 national championship, probably the most out of everything.
3: That was my first year. That was my first year doing games, went to Vegas, started 0-2. And I thought, Oh no. Uh Paige, yeah. you, you got hurt at the Mary Nutter, throwing out in the bullpen as well too. And then lo and behold, this team just that sixteen team hit a streak unlike anything I've ever seen. Do you remember what kind of I don't know, really sparked that? Because there was a random loss to Kansas yeah. during the regular season. And then you didn't lose again until the women's college World Series.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, that loss that we had to Kansas kind of sparked something in us that we, you know, we really Hated to lose and so yeah. we just kind of went on a roll from there and you know built off of momentum and the more we kept winning the more we realized oh man let's just keep this going and we had some really special chemistry and it was just easy for us to go out and play and it was like you got to play with your best friends every day so um it was it was a really special run that we had that year and you know I definitely think that loss to Kansas kind of sparked that for us
3: you got one more, Holly? I know you got to jump off for the seven innings podcast.
5: I Yeah, I got it. one more and then I'll leave you here. I just wanted to ask you, you've had a chance to work under Patty Gasso now as a volunteer coach. What do you think you will pass on to other softball players that you have learned as a player and learned from one of the best coaches of all time?
2: You know, I think it's it's the championship mindset that she instills in us and it's it's how you live every single day of your life with a championship mindset. And so I think that's something that, you know, is, has been instilled in all of us and it's something that we want to carry on. And, you know, she's so special and how she cares for us more as people than she does as players. And so it's, you know, building relationships with your players and building the relationships and, you know, moving from being a girl into a woman is something that I think that I, I want to carry on that. She's definitely taught me.
3: Thanks Holly for being a part of this. We appreciate you. So that, that Love was con- you Paige. Great to see you.
2: Thanks Holly. It was great to see you too.
3: That was my surprise to you. Paige. was to have Holly be a fun. part of this. So I'm, yeah, I didn't to you. surprise you with that. So good stuff. So page, we're, we're going to continue on. Cause I got a few more things I wanted to dive into. That senior class that you were a part of, um, I'm going to go through here. There was a couple that transferred in. Hannah Sparks transferred in. Obviously, uh, in that two, Paige Lowry transferred in. But you had yourself, you had Kelsey, uh, you had Nicole Pinley, you had Leah Wodak. When was the moment when you realized, and because you won a championship as a sophomore, but was there a moment in the recruiting or, or anything of that nature where you thought, wow, this crew could be pretty special?
2: You know, I remember going to camps and when we were in high school and I remember like no, getting to know Leah and getting to know Kelsey. Nicole was a little bit later on. She um, committed a little bit later on than the rest of us. But, you know, I, I think I realized that we were, you know, going to be a pretty special group, um, you know, living together in the dorms, you know, we created a really strong bond Um, with all of us. And so I think I I knew that we had a chance to be a special group pretty early on. And, you know, those guys are still my best friends and I talk to them a lot. So, um, you know, it was a really special group. And I think I realized pretty early on that we had something special.
3: Was it fun to be able to kind of do it as a coach with Kelsey this past year?
2: Oh yeah. That was really, really fun. Um, Kelsey, is such a special person and to be able to go back and be around her again, you know, was really good for me. She's a great influence on me. And so um, just getting to be around her again and getting to coach with her was really special.
3: So we, we want to talk about championships, but I'm, I'm curious from just a new normal perspective, what was that moment like for you? We're waiting on a Thursday to see, okay, Kent state's not coming. New Mexico state's not coming. Maybe we're playing Houston oh no, the whole season is over. What, what was that like from you for you from a coach's perspective?
2: It was pretty rough. Um, you know, it was hard because, you know, I think we were starting to kind of turn a corner a little bit as a, you know, as a group. And I was really, really excited, um, to see what the rest of the year was going to bring. And so kind of everything, it was like a snowball effect. Everything happened so quickly and it you know, it was really disappointing. I think for all of us, our staff was really close and we really enjoyed being around each other every day. And we enjoyed being around the girls so much. And so to kind of see their reaction of, you know, it's over, was rough and it was rough for us as a staff as well, just because we were really excited to see where the season was going to go.
3: You know, it's interesting is you and I get a chance to talk right now. I just got off a podcast with a whole 2000 national championship team. Mm -hmm. And in talking to Jen Stewart, it was kind of cool to see that they set the foundation. Did coach talk about that 2000 team much, or were you aware of what they were able to do?
2: Yeah, you know, definitely we, you know, as, you know, going through my four years, we definitely looked at that 2000 team as the team that laid the foundation and laid the foundation of the championship mindset, whether or not it was like a, a term that they had used or not, we knew that they were a big part of that. And so, you know, this year when we did the sooner round table and I got to talk to Jen Stewart more, you know, really realizing how much of an impact that she had on the program and that the 2000 team had on the program as well.
3: Do you, um, do you allow yourself to reminisce yet? Do you allow yourself to sit back and look back at what you were able and your teammates were able to accomplish during your four years?
2: I think there's times where I do, and then there's times where I don't, um, you know, this year when they, during kind of during the quarantine, when they replayed the 2017, the seven inning, 17 inning game, I think that was a time where we kind of all reminisced a little bit. A lot of us were on Instagram live together and that was really cool. So I think there there have been times where I've reminisced and it's, it still sometimes doesn't really feel real. Everything that, that our team accomplished, um, And then there's times where I and where I don't really reminisce a ton, but um, it's been pretty special to kind of get to look back at my career and all the special people that were a part of it. And, you know, it's something that I'm really blessed by and I take a lot of pride in.
3: You know, when Coach speaks at public engagements, she always shows the video of what happened in the 15th season and what happened in the 16th season. No one wants to look back and think about that disappointment in 15, but how much did you grow and learn from that?
2: You know, I learned a lot from that. Um, I learned that I never wanted to kind of let my team down like that again, and I never – personally, I never wanted to feel like that again. So I think I, I learned a lot from that situation. I grew up a lot from it. Um, I was more comfortable in stressful situations and pressure situations. So I definitely learned a ton from that. I didn't dwell on it too long. Um, I don't think I, I, I knew I didn't want to feel like that again. So I, I worked really, really hard that next year to, to get myself into a place where I, you know, could handle those situations a little bit better.
3: You know, it's interesting to me. I I, I go back during this time and I relive a lot of the moments and I think about, your 2016 run think about LSU picking pitches from the third base coach's box I think about that first game against Auburn and then jumping out to the early lead in the second game when you got a rest how much a rest not a rest a rest um how much do you when you look back do you remember those specific memories or the things that stand out or things that kind of maybe are showcased more than others
2: yeah, you know, it's it's sometimes it's a little difficult to remember specific memories. There are definitely things that I remember from that year and from that run and the Women's College World Series. You know, I remember just, you know, the support that I had from my teammates, the support I had from our support staff. Um, Christy, our trainer, I don't think I would have been able to make it through that World Series without her. So I remember things like that. I don't re- necessarily remember specific things from specific games. I mean, obviously, I remember the LSU game and having to make some adjustments in that game. That was pretty stressful. But um, I, I remember it kind of as a collective whole and just how special that memory is to me.
3: How about 17? 16, you're young. You got, what, like 12 freshmen, whatever the number was. But 17, you come into it, and there's a target on your back. Right. And you're the hunted. So you went from being kind of the Cinderella story to being the hunted. How, how different was that?
2: You know, it was, it was hard at the beginning of the season. We hit some pretty significant road bumps, and we went through some things as a team, and, um, you know, we came out stronger because of it. So it was definitely a different experience for us. We necessarily didn't feel like the underdogs at the beginning of the season, but then as the season went on, we were like, you know what? We're underdogs. We're going to, you know, play as underdogs. And when we kind of hit that mindset, I think we started to figure some things out, and um, going into the World Series, we, you know, just were like, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain and just went for it. And, um, you know, obviously it worked out pretty well for us, but, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a different feeling in 17 than it was in 16.
3: I always just remember 17 Auburn, you know, having to go there to mm-hmm. play and, it's just it was, it was incredible to see you guys overcome so much. All right, listen, a couple more and I'll let you go. I'll, I'll let you get out of here. Paige Parker hanging out with us. First and foremost, when you look back at your time at Oklahoma, obviously everyone looks at uh, Patty Gasso, and you spent a lot of time with L- Melissa Lombardi. We squared off against Jen Rocha, and now you're coaching with her. You mentioned the staff. What did that coaching staff mean to you during your four, now your five years here?
2: Yeah, they meant so much to me. I I think just the support that we received from them, in all aspects of our life, you know, there, there were times where, you know, maybe you're going through something on your in your personal life, and they were the first ones to, you know, talk to you about it. And, you know, having you know, JT and coach Gasso and coach Lombardi, like they were just such a great support system. And they, they truly knew how to get the best out of you every single day. And I I'm forever thankful for that because they pushed, pushed me to, you know, be the best that I could and push me to levels that I probably never thought I would get to. So, you know, the coaching staff is really special and I'm forever grateful for them.
3: Sometimes I don't remember too well, but one of my favorites was your celebration on what I think was a diving catch by, was it Nicole Mendez or was it Nicole Pinley in center field?
2: It was Nicole Mendez. Um, She actually, ball was hit off the fence, and she picked it up and threw Amanda Lorenz out at second
3: base. That's against Florida, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Look at me. Look at the memory coming back. All right, let's go on this. Uh, Plans for next year, you coming back. Have you decided yet? What's the game plan look like?
2: You know, I'm not really sure 100% yet what's going to happen, just kind of playing it out and, you know, seeing what's going to kind of unfold for the summer.
3: Well, enjoy it, Paige. We appreciate your time. Congratulations on your success, and I hope you're able to enjoy some downtime with the family.
2: Thanks, Chris.
3: Love, love, love me some Paige Parker, and I really appreciate her taking time. If you are missing softball like I am, there is an incredible amount of content. Great job by Patrick Don, Matt Archibald, Tori Kakowski uh, E-Train Ericus Life. They did an incredible job of making it seem like... Softball happened. I mean, there is so much good content on SoonerSports.com right now. Check it out. Here's what's on tap for the Sooner Sports podcast presented by Phillips 66. Phillips 66, live to the full. Hey, this weekend on the classic broadcast, this is really the the only thing I, I think I, I want to promote here. The 2018 Big 12 championship game in football between OU and Texas was fantastic. Obviously, it's it, it had the, one of the greatest catches. It had one of the... Greatest defensive plays in Sooner football history. So be sure to check it out. It's well worth your time. You know what I've done on a few of these classics is I've taken our radio call and I've synced it up to a YouTube broadcast of the game. And it's it's been really fun to go back and relive those memories. So this weekend... On the Sooner Sports Podcast, make sure to check out the 2018 OU Texas Big 12 Football Championship game. Until then, everyone have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Toby will rejoin us. We're going to hear it next week from Lincoln Riley. Also, DeMarco Murray will be talking about the 2008 football team. And Jess and Meg back with a very, very solid episode on Wednesday. Ashlyn Dunbar and Shay Knighton slated to join us. Until then, have a great weekend. And Boomer Sooner, everybody.